singing this morning? Yes. Um, the worship was amazing this morning. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, well, I'm going to jump right into it. Um, I feel like this is kind of a self-evaluation uh, type of message, so I'm going to ask some different questions throughout the message, and I really want you to take this with you. Don't just listen today and just say, oh, that was good. I really want you to think about it, especially during this Christmas season. Um, so here's my first question for you. Do not answer out loud because I may not want to hear these answers. Um, so on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your selflessness? So a 1 being you are very selfish, like whatever you want to do, you go and do it. You don't care who it, who it affects. Or 10, like you are selfless. You do nothing for yourself. You just serve others all day long. Um, a good sign, if you think that you're a 10, probably not a good sign. Okay, probably not very selfless. Um, but I was thinking about some examples of what are some things we see in everyday life um, of just some little selfless things or self, selfish things that we do. Um, so if these do apply to you, sorry in advance. Um, hopefully you're not too offended. <laughs> um, so I'm a very cautious driver. My husband is not so cautious. Um, so that causes lots of arguments. But have you ever been into a, coming into a construction zone and then you see lots of signs, you know, the left lane's going to be closed in this many miles, and then you keep getting closer and closer until it's closed. By this point, all the cars are down to one lane, and then there's this left lane that's wide open. And you're like, hey, I'm going to go through all of these cars and, like, scoot in front of somebody. Um, that might be a little selfish because you think your time's more important. Do you all do that? Pastor Kelly said he's guilty of it. All of you guys are good drivers, right? You, you're just very cautious. You don't care. Um, or this is the one, this one is me. Um, you ever get to a restaurant like the same time as another car, so you kind of sprint in really fast to get a table before the other group? That one's me. I'm, when it comes to food, I, I want to be first. Um, or maybe if you have a big household, um, you come in, and then the last person to use the toilet paper used it all and did not replace it. Um, we just had Thanksgiving, so after the prayer over the food, um, you run to the front, you push back all the kids, and you're ready to get your food. Hopefully that wasn't y'all. All right, there's a few more serious ones. There's always that person that comes and they ask you, you know, how are you doing today? How's everything going? But they're not really concerned with how everything is going with you. They just want you to ask, how's everything going with them? They are concerned. They want you to be concerned with them and what's going on with them. And everything runs around them. Um, or maybe the Holy Spirit's nudged you to do something. You knew you were supposed to do it, but you didn't really want to feel awkward, so you just kind of ignored it. Um, or also maybe you talk negatively about others or you like to gossip just to make yourself feel a little bit better. You want to look a little bit better than them. Um, if you haven't guessed it, the theme today is wake up to selflessness. Wake up to selflessness. This is week 11. This is the last week of wake up. So hopefully you guys are awake and you just keep finding areas to wake up to. Um, being the teacher that I am, of course, we're going to say our memory verse again together. I did help you guys out. I did a different version. So it doesn't say, oh, sleeper. So hopefully now, if you didn't have it memorized yet, you got it memorized. We'll see. Okay, you guys ready to read it with me? Here we go. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So hopefully by now you have it memorized. That's Ephesians 5.14. That is the NLT version. I think all of my scripture this morning will be NLT. Um, so as we begin 2020, as we begin this year, 
Um, every year I always kind of find a theme for the year. I just kind of seek out what God wants to do in my life throughout the year. Um, sometimes it's just a word. Sometimes it's just an idea. Um, but as I begin to seek out this year, it um, feels like it's been like five years ago. 2020 has been a year. Um, but back in January, we always do our New Year's fast, and we always um, just spend some time fasting and praying. So during that fast, I just prayed and was really seeking, you know, what do you want to do in me this year, God? Um, and I feel like he gave me the word selfless. And I'm going to be honest, when I heard that word and I thought I confirmed, you know, that, that's my word for the year, selfless. I was like, you know what, I have this year whipped. I am going to, like, this is going to be an easy year. We got this. Um, if you guys don't know our story, um, back in January, um, we had been about a month in to taking in three extra kids into our household. Um, so we became a family of six versus a family of three. Um, very quickly, it was not something that we had planned or prepared for. Um, we had thought, you know, one day we might want to foster one kid. Um, but God put this um, situation in front of us, and we knew he was calling it to this. Um, so we listened to God and followed him and moved three more people into our tiny house. Um, we have a very tiny house. Seriously, there's six of us with one bathroom. We're losing our minds, but it's good. <laughs> um, but we had literally flipped up our life upside down. We had, you know, put pushed aside all of our desires and our plans, what we thought the year was going to look like, and we decided to follow and trust God. So I felt like I was being a pretty selfless person. Um, so I thought, you know, maybe God's just going to give me a break for the year. Um, you know, he's seen, he's seen my sacrifices, he's seen my hard work, and he's like, you're good for the year, Amanda. Like, you're going to be fine this year. Um, but I'm sure you guys have realized, usually when God gives you something, it's not because you're doing good. It's because you need to self-evaluate, and there's actually a lot more work in that area that you need to do. But, you know, I was like, you know, maybe I'll just let other people pick the restaurant. You know, I won't be picky about the restaurant. Or, you know, if someone in the grocery store just has a few groceries behind me, I'll let them in front of me. You know, little things like that. But I'm sure God laughs at us when we think we have it all together. Um, but I begin to examine myself. You know, I really wanted to get the most out of it. I wanted to seek God and to see what he, what I needed to work on this year. Um, but I realized really quickly I had a lot of room for self-improvement. Um, and I think a lot of you in this room, as you begin to examine yourself in different areas, we have a lot of room to grow. We've, we've came a long way, but there's still a way to go. There's still work that he wants to do in us. Um, and here's the main idea that I feel like God wanted to teach me. Um, understand that doing one big selfless thing does not make you selfless. Just because you chose to do one thing does not mean that your character is selfless. Um, we did. We have made a big selfless choice. But that was one choice. That was one thing. And we got to continue to live a life that is selfless. We've got we to continue to make choices that puts other first. Just because you choose to do one thing, no matter how big or how small, that does not mean that you have a character that is willing to put others first. Um, it's also important you to know the flip side of this. Um, if you mess up and you do something wrong, that does not make you a bad person all of a sudden. If you mess up today, tomorrow is a new day and you get to try again. If you fall down, you can get back up. And that's where the grace and the love that we have from Christ. The choices and priorities that you make show the desires of your heart. A lot of times we treat selfless acts as a checklist. You know, for the month, you know, I did something good today, so I'm, I'm good for a while. And you just kind of forget about it. Um, you know, but it's putting... Putting others first is a character trait that we have to develop. 
it's not just a checklist. It's not just one or two things. Oh, I'm good for the year. It is a character trait that you need to develop. It should be a mindset. It should be a lifestyle. Always looking to see if anyone around you is in need. Always looking to see how you can help the person beside you. We can have good intentions all day. But if there is not action with it, it does not hold much value. Last week, Pastor Kelly talked about serving. Um, Hopefully a lot of you guys filled out the volunteer cards. If you didn't, there are still cards in the back, and you can sign up anytime to serve. We always need volunteers. First of all, thank you so much if you filled out a card. We're so excited to have new volunteers. Uh, We should be contacting you this week just to kind of get you signed up so you can shadow and just kind of see all that's happening. Um, But just filling out that Connect card, just filling out that card to serve does not make you a servant all of a sudden. That means you took the first step. That first step is awesome, and we're so excited. But you're going to have to put some action with it. You're going to have to do something with that. So eventually, you're going to be signed up and assigned a day to serve. On that day, you have to choose to be selfless to get up and serve. You got Even if you don't want to serve, even if you don't feel like it that day, you got to choose to put others first. Think about the workers who assigned you to serve or the other workers who keep serving and serving. They need you to come and help them as well. Um, you got to begin to think of others in every aspect of your life. Um, and if you don't want to be a servant and you didn't feel that, you can go back and listen to the podcast from last week. Um, hopefully, Pastor Kelly's message will push you in the way to serve. All right, I'm done ranting about nursery and volunteers. Um, today, we're going to go ahead and get into the Word. We are looking at Luke 15. This should be a scripture that um, most of you guys know. This is the story, um, the parable of the lost son. Um, we're going to start with verse 12. I said, a man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed up all of his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all of his money in wild living. So basically what is happening here is the younger son is telling the father, you know, you're basically dead to me. I want my inheritance now. I want to take it. I want to go. I want to move on. The son's selfish desires, his need and want to please himself led him to ask this. Then he went out and wasted all of his money. He made his wants and his desires the priority in his life. He didn't think twice about how his father felt, how this would affect his father, and he didn't think about how this would affect his brother. I'm sure his brother had had to take on his workload as well. We keep on reading. It says, about this time his money ran out. A great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. I feel like this is the perfect example of what striving for earthly things leads to. We we set our heart on these. We feel like we're going to enjoy all this money. We're going to be so happy living out on our own and just being good. But eventually the money is going to run out. Eventually that joy that we're feeling, that happiness that you're feeling in the moment will be gone. And we're going to be left empty. We're not going to have that joy anymore. We're not going to have that peace. We're going to be empty and hungry for so much more. Here's what you guys need to know. Our focus should be on the needs of the kingdom. Our focus should be on the needs of the kingdom. We get so focused on what we want. And then... We go and do all of our energy on what we want. But then any extra energy, we'll give it to the kingdom. We don't put it first. We don't make that a priority. We also do that with tithing. But 
I'll save that for somebody else to talk about. Um, but we spend all of our energy making ourselves happy. And that joy is going to eventually fade away. Eventually, these earthly things, all these things that we do to make ourselves happy is not going to work anymore. It's going to stop working. It's eventually going to fade away um, because that's not how we are created. That's not what we are created to do. Even though it's fun to make ourselves happy, that's not what God intended. That's not how he designed us. But if we have a kingdom mindset, we are drinking from a well that will never run dry. When we begin to have an eternity mindset, our want and desires change. We are, when we are reminded that our life is but a vapor, our time on earth is so short. We have eternity. We have eternity with Christ, but our time on here is so short. We can begin to shift our priorities, and we can quit looking to fulfill our desires and how we feel. We can begin to see those around us. We stop looking at us. We stop looking at how we feel and what we want and what we need. We can see the people around us. We can see the need for others around us. We can begin to see the kingdom of God at work. God is at work. Last week, Gary came up and gave us a word, and he was talking about in the physical realm, you know, it seems like God's not doing a whole lot right now. It seems like there's a lot of chaos um, and a lot of pain and suffering right now. But that doesn't mean that God's not at work. We have to begin to have spiritual eyes and look to his kingdom. God is still moving, and he's inviting you to work with him. We just have to shift our priorities and look to him. I need less of me and my desires and more of him and his heart for his people. I need less of me and my desires and more of him and his heart for his people. Here's what 1 John 3.14 says. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Here's some questions that you need to ask for yourself. Do you truly care about others? Do you want to see other believers succeed? Do you get jealous when someone else is doing better than you? The scripture says that if we love people, that shows that we have life. So if we don't love and we don't care for people, what does that show? If we have that love, that means we have Christ in us. I hope that we have Christ in us this morning, church, but we have to begin to show it. We have to begin to have a love for these people. There are people around us that need the hope of Jesus. If we can begin to stop looking at ourselves, stop being so consumed with our needs and our desires, we can actually begin to see our community. Our community is hurting. There are people that you encounter all the time that just need a word of encouragement. They just need some hope. But we have to begin to stop worrying about what that looks like for us and just listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We have to begin to follow and listen. If you go on to verse 16, it says, We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. We have been shown the love of Jesus. I hope in this room you guys have experienced his grace and his mercy. You know, you know what Christ did. You understand his sacrifice that he made for you. But so often we just kind of forget about it and we don't want to make that sacrifice for others. You can ask yourself, what would your life look like if Jesus wouldn't have made that sacrifice for you? What would your life look like if you wouldn't have met Jesus? If this year of 2020 has been such chaos, if you wouldn't have had the hope of Jesus in you, what would your life have looked like this year? Where would your peace have been found? Us serving him and laying down our lives for him will never compare to his sacrifice that he gave for us. But we need to try. We need to try to um, serve him and work for him. So what would life look like? Who would miss out if you chose yourself over, over others? What person
person that needed the hope would miss out, that didn't know, that didn't get to hear it because you didn't feel like it that day. You didn't feel like sharing his love. Or maybe the Holy Spirit, you heard the Holy Spirit and you knew you were supposed to pray with somebody. You knew there was someone at the grocery store that you were supposed to speak to, but you were afraid you were going to get it wrong, so you didn't take that leap of faith. You were afraid that it would be awkward and they wouldn't receive it, so you didn't take that leap of faith. Or maybe you didn't make time to reach out to that friend that's been struggling because you were tired. You said, I'll, I'll talk to them later. I'll deal with them later. But what we need to know is we've got to listen to the Holy Spirit. If he's speaking to you, if he's nudging you in a direction, that means he needs, he needs you and wants you to work now. It doesn't mean, oh, next month you can reach out to that person who's hurting. They need the hope now. If the Holy Spirit is nudging you, now is the time to work. And there will be times that we are going to be tired. And there are times that we need rest. It is absolutely okay to take a break. Um, we love traveling and taking trips for a break just to get rest. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I know stay-at-home moms and moms in general, they need a break. You deserve a break, and that is, that is not selfish to take a break. We need that. But it's not okay to ignore the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, when the Holy Spirit is nudging you, that is the time to work. The rest will come. The break will come. But when the Holy Spirit speaks, we must move. When the Holy Spirit nudges you, you must go if you really want to see the kingdom of God. We keep on going. This is verse 17 of 1 John. Um, it says, if someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or a sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. It is time for us to start being the church. If you claim to be a Christian, you should have the love of God in you. We need to be treating people better. That's all there is to it. We as Christians need to be treating people better. No matter our opinions and our views and all these other things aside, Christ should come first. The kingdom of God should come first. And the first thing that he does is show love and compassion. And we have to be better. For years, the church and Christians have been labeled as hypocrites. And I think that's because there's a lack of compassion. There's a lack of love for others. But if we can begin to step up that mantle, we can begin to take on that mantle. And I think our job as a church and this generation of believers is to change that mindset. When people begin to see Christians, they're going to know they're going to be loved. They're going to know that they're going to see a selfless love where they feel valued and important. That's our job. That's our job as Christians and believers to show the gospel, to show the love of Christ. This is back to the parable son. This is verse 17. It says, when he finally came back to his senses, he said to himself, at home even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. We need to take the position of a servant. We need to take the position of a servant. The son knew that he was a sinner, and he knew that he needed his father's mercy and grace. He knew that he was unworthy. And we're also unworthy. We are not worthy of the love that we've been shown. We're not worthy of the mercy and grace that we've been shown, but we've been shown it. Too often, I think we kind of get entitled. We think that we're um, entitled to certain comforts and luxuries. Um, we're entitled to a break. We're entitled to all these things. 
I mean, when we don't feel like doing something, we don't think that we have to do it. We don't think that there's a need for us to do it. We get so worried about our feelings and our emotions. Um, we don't want to feel like we're, we don't want to take on the position of a servant because we don't want to be the lower class. That, that job's for someone else. Last week, pa- Pastor Kelly used the example of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. That's a true act of selflessness. He knew that he had a higher rank. He knew that he should be the one having his feet washed. But that's not why he was here on this earth. He knew he was not here to fulfill his own desires and wants. He began um, to be a servant. That's why he was here, to sacrifice for us. We have to begin to transform our mindsets that we are here to serve. That is why we're on this earth. Our job as Christians is to show the love of Christ to others. That is, that is the priority. There is fun to be had. I think it's important to have fun and to live life and enjoy it. But our job, our call as Christians is to be the church, is to make disciples, to show the love of Christ, to show compassion. If you had a job at Lazy Boy, your job is to make some piece that will eventually become a chair. Um, at your time working, you'll probably develop some friendships. Um, you'll probably take lunch breaks and eat lunch there, and you'll do different things there. But your job is to make this piece. Your job is specific of what you're supposed to do. And if you don't do that job, you will probably get fired. Um, but as Christians, there's lots of fun things for us to do in this world. We do lots of things together that's fun. But our assignment is to share the gospel. Our assignment is to make disciples. Our assignment is to show the love of Christ and to have that selfless love. Everything else should fall second. Continue on with the story. Verse 20, so he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His, father said to, his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. If Bob wants to go ahead and come up. Our response to others should be of this father. It says that the father was filled with love and compassion. He didn't point out all that the son had done wrong. He didn't point out how he was hurt, how he was affected by his son's choices. He found the one thing that his son done right. His son chose to come back home, and he began to celebrate that. He began to forgive him. He didn't focus on the wrongs. He didn't focus on the hurt, but he focused on the love and compassion that he had for his son. He focused on the good, and that's what we must, we must do, guys. I know a lot of people in this room have been hurt by others. There have been choices and things that have happened to you that shouldn't have happened, but we have to choose to lay that aside and to have that love and compassion that this father had. We have to begin to find the one good thing. When everything else seems wrong, we have to find that one good thing, the one good choice that has been made. It says, meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing that you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. 
Yet when the son of yours returns, when the son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed with me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. Here's my final point today. We need compassion over comparison. We have to have the compassion of the Father over comparison. The Father was filled with compassion. He had love for the Son. He, he was so excited about his choice to come home. But the older son was angry. And I can see his side. He began to compare all the work that he had to do. His, his brother had left him, causing him to do even more work. He was the one that was faithful to his father. He was the one that did everything right. He was the one doing all the work. And now they're throwing a feast for his brother. I would be a little angry too if I was looking at it with an earthly lens. But if we can begin to look with a spiritual lens, we can see that there was someone who was lost has now received the love of the father. This is what I read this on Instagram this week. So Instagram is not full of terrible stuff. It's just 90% full of terrible stuff. And then there's some good stuff. Um, It says Christianity is hard when we try to serve God in man's way instead of serving God in God's way. And that's A.W. Tozer. We have to have the mindset of the kingdom. We have to know what the father is doing. The brother was so focused on his emotions, his hurts, and how he thought the father should respond. We have to stop doing it our way. We have to stop getting mad when things don't go our way, when it doesn't look the way we think it should. We have to watch the Father, watch what He does and follow His lead. Watch what He does and follow His lead. This is what Colossians says. So since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Our mindset cannot be of this earth. We don't have time to compare our life to someone else's. We don't have time to compare what we get to someone else. We don't have time to be angry that we're doing all the work and they're just sitting there doing nothing. We don't have time to be upset with what they posted on Facebook and all the drama that's going on. We gotta be focused on the realities of heaven. And that's the Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. He is still in control. He is still moving. He is still at work. You guys can go ahead and stand with me. The title of the message today is Less is More. Less of me is more of him. In our lives, he must become greater and I must become less. As Christians, we need to choose daily to lay down our wants and desires to serve Him. And I just want to ask you guys, if that is if that's you this morning, you just want less of you and more of Him, no matter what level, level of selflessness you feel, you want more of Him. You want more of a hunger. You want to begin to look to Him and look to the kingdom. You want to lay down a little bit today and focus more on His goodness. You guys can go ahead and bow your heads. And if that's you this morning, if less is more, if you want more of him this morning, I encourage you just to raise your hand. Awesome, let me pray. Father God, I just I just pray for each and every hand raised. God, I just, I pray you just put a hunger in your people. 
We want less of us, God. We want more of you. We want the desires to do your work. We want the desires to work for your kingdom, God. I just pray that your people just encounter you this week, God. As we begin to look at our lives and look at our attitudes, God, I pray that we just see you. We see what you would do, how you would treat them. No matter how we've been treated, God, I pray that we focus on how you would treat them. God, I pray that you just help less let us be less and let you just become so much more in our lives. Every day, God, help us to strive for more of you. I want to go ahead and I feel led to pray in another direction. Um, I just want to pray over some marriages. I feel like um, there's just some marriages in here. You're just struggling. You feel like um, you just keep trying and things keep getting better, but then a wall happens or something else happens and you just, you just keep struggling. You just don't know what to do. And I just want to encourage you to keep your eyes on Jesus. Maybe it's a wife in this room and you just keep thinking your husband's going to come and he, he'll come for one Sunday and then it, it, it's good. And then the next week it just, it feels all broken again. And you just need some encouragement this morning. So I just want to ask you guys to bow your head one more time. And if there's um, any marriages in this room and you just, you just want some prayer this morning, you just want some extra strength, I just encourage you to raise your hand. Yeah. Father God, I just pray for every marriage represented in this room, God. I pray that you just give them a selfless love, God, that they can love like you love, God, no matter what hurts have been faced, God, no matter what words or actions have taken place in their household, God, I pray that you just put a peace in their home. You put a love in their home, God, and you remind the wife and husband both to look to you. God, I pray that you become the center of their marriage, God. Whether it's just a wife that's struggling on her own, God, I pray that you remind her that you are in control. Even though it doesn't look like it's working out, it doesn't look like it's going right, God, you still have the palm of that husband in, in your hands, God. You are still working. It is not over. And you are still moving, God. I just pray just every marriage, God, just has a new love this morning, God, just a new passion. Just the love of you, God, is in us. And because of our selfless choices, God, because of our love, God, we can just be whole, God. Just we thank you for what you're going to do and what you've already done this morning, God. In the name I pray, amen.